You know, the older I get, the more I worry about the health of my heart. Like many of you, I have risk factors. Joining me today to help us understand risk factors and what we can do to keep our hearts healthy is Dr. John Osborne, Head of Cardiology for the Low T Center. This is Age is Just a Number by the Low T Center. I'm Scott Webb. Dr. Osborne, great to talk to you again. Uh, we're talking tickers today, which is your uh, specialty. So heart disease seems to come out of the blue for many, and uh, many who die of a heart attack never had any symptoms. Why is that? So heart disease is really the culmination of a disease that's been there 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. So it's been there a long, long time. In fact, this plaque that really is the start of the whole process starts in many people, even in their teenage years. But it is a very slow glacial process, I like to call it. It moves very slowly. And we don't usually have trouble, problems, symptoms, flunk a stress test, have any awareness that this disease is there until we have generally at least a 70% blockage. So when we have symptoms of heart disease, we don't have a little bit of heart disease. We have lots of heart disease. And that's why we still encounter many people feeling okay, and then they find out they need multi-vessel bypass surgery to fix multiple blockage. And that occurs every day, just because the fact that our symptoms are really at the very, very end of a very, very long process. Okay, so I think I've heard this, I don't think I'm imagining this, that sometimes stress tests can lead to some misleading results, that it's not maybe the go-to for heart specialists like yourself, as perhaps maybe it was in the past. So what are some other ways that we're detecting heart-related issues that people might have? Something called a cardiac colonoscopy, I think I've heard that. How are we determining where we are with patients? One of the things that I see a lot of in the patients that I see is that there's still a very large, in general, dependence upon things like stress test. When you think of a stress test, it's generally where we have people run on a treadmill, we have wired for sound, I like to say, we have some EKG leads on them. We might do some other, as we call it, imaging, maybe with nuclear isotopes to better image the heart, or with an echocardiogram, which is a cardiac ultrasound to also image the heart during this time. The problem with these techniques is that A, none of these techniques will pick up any blockages that are less than 70%. So if someone says you have a normal stress test, what they're saying is that you probably don't need a stent, a balloon, or bypass surgery. It doesn't say, and it can't say that your blood vessels are normal. And I think that's one problem that we don't communicate well to patients. Number two is that most heart attacks don't occur with a 70% blockage. You might have symptoms, but that generally won't cause a heart attack that sort of comes out of the blue, sudden catastrophic event that in about half of men and two thirds women, the first symptom of heart disease is you die. And that's not acceptable anymore. So because of that, we have then, and this really started back in the 1980s, we've really decided that we need to have tools that are far better, far more sensitive, that pick up heart disease long before you have a severe blockage. And the other thing about stress tests, by the way, as I'll mention, is that about 25% of the time, the stress test will look fine, you'll pass it, and there is a severe blockage. So 25% of the time, you've got a severe blockage and the stress test will look okay. That's a real problem. 
And then the flip side of that is, and that's called a false negative, the flip side is a false positive. That is, the stress test looks funny, and in fact, you don't have a blockage. And then what happens then is that you then are led to other procedures and invasive procedures, uh, things like heart catheterizations and angiograms, all of those things that are about $20,000 that involve invasive testing, putting catheters or tubes in the into your heart, there's risk of strokes, heart attacks, bleeding, lots of other complications, only to find out you're actually fine. So because of that, the standard approach of doing stress tests and heart catheterizations is really no longer satisfying or, or acceptable. A much better tool that we sort of call the cardiac colonoscopy, but is fact is called a coronary artery calcium score, is a far, far better tool to pick up heart disease long before, years before we ever get in trouble from it. I want to talk about cholesterol versus inflammation. I think that everybody knows that high cholesterol numbers can be bad, and that's what clogs our arteries. I'm, I'm obviously oversimplifying it. But it, is it true that really it's inflammation more than just your cholesterol numbers that ultimately impact uh, the development of plaque? One thing about cholesterol that I always like to tell people, and, and I partly do this to make them smile and maybe make them laugh a little bit uh, when, when I say this, is I love telling people that cholesterol is not a risk factor for heart disease. Now, there are some people, well, outside of the mainstream, arguing from really non-scientific approaches that say cholesterol has nothing to do with heart disease. Well, that's completely, 100%, absolutely wrong. And the reason I like to state or say or kid people that cholesterol is not a risk factor for heart disease is that cholesterol, I like to tell people, is heart disease. So in other words, there is no plaque that you'll ever find in anybody's heart or any other blood vessel in your body that doesn't have cholesterol in it, okay? It is 100% there at the scene of the crime. Now, the problem is that cholesterol levels in an individual are really not terribly helpful. In general, there is a correlation that shows high cholesterol is bad and lower cholesterol is good, but I can show you people all across the spectrum. Some people have high cholesterol, particularly LDL cholesterol, who have completely normal blood vessels and no plaque. I can show you people with well below average levels of cholesterol on no blood cholesterol medications who have tons of plaque. In fact, we call them placoderms or vasculopaths. These people have plaque in all kinds of blood vessels beyond the heart, in the carotid arteries, in the neck, in the legs, etc. So cholesterol levels in an individual are of pretty poor indicator of whether that cholesterol is actually sticking. So because of that, that gets us back to that discussion about other tools to actually see is the cholesterol sticking, and that becomes that discussion about the coronary artery calcium score, or as we called it before, the cardiac colonoscopy. Cheap, effective, simple, highly sensitive to pick up early heart disease, uh, very simple to do, has been standardized, literally how we both take the pictures and score the picture since the early 1990s. So on the cholesterol side of things, cholesterol is mandatory. It is central. It is necessary. It, however, may not be sufficient. So here's where we get into the inflammation argument. So people can have average cholesterol, below average cholesterol, but in people who have inflamed blood vessels, which of the things that we can fix, we generally talk about tobacco, we talk about diabetes. We talk about high blood pressure. Now, there are other factors too, stress, overweight, 
obesity. Uh, also, family history plays a role. So lots of different things can contribute to inflammation, or as I like to explain it, think of this as sticky vessels. And so ultimately, whether we form plaque or not really depends upon two interacting things. One is cholesterol, which is mandatory, necessary, has to be there, but may be high, may be average, may be low. But the other part is inflammation. So obviously, if someone has things that give them inflammation that we can fix, such as using tobacco of any form, if you have diabetes or prediabetes and attending to that, if you have weight issues, we need to attend to that. If you have blood pressure problems, we need to attend to that. So it's really a holistic approach uh, to all of these different factors that I mentioned that can dramatically reduce the risk of cardiovascular events, heart attacks and strokes and other vascular problems. That's a great answer, doctor. I just love the way you put things. You have such a, a, an interesting way of putting spin on things. And, and I imagine you do uh, bring smiles to people's faces. Uh, so in light of all the things we've talked about, risk factors, cholesterol, uh, the calcium score, what makes the low T-centers approach different or dare I say better than others? What we do at the low T-center is we understand. So our average guy is a 48-year-old guy who obviously sees us because he doesn't feel good, right? There's a reason why people come to low T center. And obviously if you have low T or other symptoms that cause fatigue and not feeling good, loss of strength, erectile dysfunction, you know, all of those things that, that plague many, many middle-aged guys, what, what we appreciate as well is that we will attend to those things and there's a lot of things that cause that low t thyroid issues sleep apnea so we have a very sophisticated highly effective system to kind of identify those issues and work with you and correct those but the other big picture here from 30,000 foot view is that our average 48 year old guy over the next 10 to 20 years his main medical issue that will likely happen unless we change the trajectory now, is a cardiovascular event, a stroke, a heart attack, balloon, stents, bypass surgery, that I would argue, and in fact, the science is very good, that at least 80% of those events, and I think that's a conservative number, are entirely preventable. So our approach is to be very proactive, to use the latest evidence-based, scientific, guideline-based approaches that are already out there but are very, very poorly implemented. So our goal is to be very proactive, use these evidence-based technologies and tools like coronary calcium scoring, checking and following blood pressure that again is an asymptomatic condition in many people. And we see lots of guys that have uncontrolled high blood pressure all the time, feel fine. But as an example for blood pressure, starting from a blood pressure of 115 over 75, every time we go up 20 points higher in the top, so from 115 to 135, or from 75 to 85, either one of those numbers, just 20 points higher in the top or 10 points higher in the bottom, by itself, independent of age, sex, cholesterol, diabetes, doubles your risk of a fatal stroke or heart attack. If you go up another 20 or 10, you double that again. If you go up another 20 or 10, you double that again. So someone with a blood pressure of 175 over 105 is at 800% greater chance solely from the blood pressure alone than someone with a blood pressure of 115 over 75. So we're, we're going to make sure that blood pressure is checked and monitored and taken care of and controlled if appropriate. We also do the same thing with blood sugar and diabetes. And it's not just diabetes. It's also pre-diabetes. 
which is the farm team for diabetes, as I like to say, and then also cholesterol, which is completely asymptomatic until you have a problem. So we're going to check that. Many of our patients, it's not on the radar. It hasn't been checked. I feel fine. Why would you want to check it? So we're going to check all that in addition to other factors and really guide people and change the trajectory and even changing it a little bit now multiplied over years to decades dramatically changes the likelihood of cardiovascular events. And and also too, by the way, it's not just cardiovascular events. We know that, that atherosclerosis, plaque buildup, diabetes, prediabetes is also highly correlated and associated with dementia, memory loss. So it's not just cardiovascular disease, but the better that we understand and take care of these factors, many of them are asymptomatic now, but turn out to be major disasters down the road, the better that we can help our guys. Thanks, Dr. Osborne. Great to talk to you again. Call 866-806-8235 or go to lowtcenter.com for more information or to book an appointment. And thanks for listening to Age is Just a Number by the Low T Center. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels. And be sure to check out our entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. I'm Scott Webb, and we'll talk again soon.